Welcome to the Soul Ability Superhuman Laboratory, where we uncover the secrets to upgrading your mind, body, soul, and business. I'm your host, Dr. Michael DeMarco, and in the lab today, we have a special guest, Melissa Griffin. Melissa is a rock star entrepreneur. She's an amazing person. We had an amazing conversation. She's truly a shark. You don't, and what I mean by that is you don't even hear her coming until she opens her mouth and then you see these big teeth and you hear the biggest splash and she just dominates everything she touches. So please give a warm welcome to Melissa Griffin. Well, Melissa, Thank you for joining us on today's podcast. I'm so excited to share your story with our audience. So uh, before... Thank you. Yeah. Super excited to to chat with you. I know we've got some good topics we're going to cover today. Yeah. you. I mean, just meeting you, you have like, you're, you're kind of a quiet person at first, um, but once you open up, <laughs> you're definitely one of the smartest people in the room, whenever, whatever room you're in. So I, I appreciate you sharing your knowledge with with everybody. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate that. Yeah. I'm like one of those people who's an observer at first. I I need a couple of days to settle in and then, and then I'm, I'm all in. (laughs) Yeah. So what do you think, what do you think about that? Like introverts versus extroverts? What do you think qualifies an introvert versus an extrovert? Because I have some opinions on this. I want to hear. Yeah. So I think it's really just about energy. Like for introverts, they get their energy by being alone and and being with other people kind of drains that out of them. It doesn't necessarily mean that they're shy or they hate being around people. It just means that they have less of a gas tank for being in groups of people and they prefer one-on-one conversations, which I also love. Um, And extroverts, I, I see more as getting their energy when they're with people, like they can spend more time with people. Their gas tank is fuller in terms of being able to be in groups for a long time. Um, And they might enjoy more group activities versus like one-on-one conversations. That's my opinion. I'm curious to hear what you got to say. Yeah. Cool. That's, That's, and how do you identify? I'm, I feel like I'm more of an introvert. Sometimes people don't think I am. They think I'm an extrovert because I, you know, see patients and, um, I'm outgoing when I have to be right in a group situation. Yeah. I'm comfortable there. But for me, I feel like I draw my energy from being by myself. Like I could be totally by myself. Um, when I was a kid, my, my aunt almost forgot me in the back of the car. Like every time she would take me somewhere, she would tell my mom, like she almost forgot about me because I would just sit there and not say a word. And I just be in my own <laughs> Well, that's awesome. As a little kid. <laughs> yeah. And I don't like, how do you identify? I feel like a lot of entrepreneurs, um, like really entrepreneurs and really just just really smart people in general just not not saying that extroverts are not intelligent but i always find that the smartest <laughs> people identify with more introverted tendencies like what do you, what do you think yeah i so growing up my whole life i definitely identified as an introvert and um i would take like myers briggs and things like that and always got introverted um on that score and then More recently, and and kind of actually since I started my business, I've kind of delved deeper into the extroverted world, not really um, extroverted, but 
when I take like those quizzes and whatnot now, I get like 1% extrovert. So I, I identify almost as like an ambivert where I love being around people. I could go to a conference, hang out with people all day for like a week and, and be happy, um, but really need time to myself after that. So I feel like in terms of energy, I'm kind of in the middle, but I do definitely have that kind of observational um, quietness sometimes, sometimes, but then I can also turn on the outgoingness in certain situations too. It's kind of weird. Yeah, I think actually more people are like that than not that they realize. And right. it, like you said, yeah. it's where you draw your energy from. Um, and yeah, those exactly. who draw their energy from the inside and see the power inside themselves. I think that gives you the power to be really successful because you're not always looking outside for the answers or, um, you don't need as much coaching as somebody else. Like coaching helps like learning processes, but at the end of the day, like you're drawing it from yourself. You're not totally relying on other people to do everything for you. And I think that's that's a key. Right. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, hundred percent. One other thing that I'll say about like the introverted extroverted thing is I feel I, I I meet a lot of introverts, and I'm sure you do too in the online space. And I feel like I hear from a lot of introverts who almost blame their lack of confidence on them being introverts like oh i can't do video or i can't launch a podcast or i can't do this because i'm an introvert but but i think that comes more from a lack of confidence than it does from being an introvert like i think introverts can do anything like they're they're really special people too um so just throwing that out there because in case there are any introverts listening like don't think of it as a limitation think of it as maybe uh, confidence thing versus an innate part of you. Yeah. So you've gone through like unconfident periods, like I read where you felt unworthy, but, and you were teaching this stuff to everybody and you somehow broke through, you jumped anyway. Like, how did you get that confidence? I'm sure people want to know, like what pushed you? What was your driving factor? Yeah. So when I started my business, I was a teacher in Japan and And that was probably one of the lowest points in my life towards the end of living there. Um, I just didn't feel like I had a community or people who really understood me and I didn't have that sense of creativity. So I I felt really unconfident. I felt unconfident in my job too because I, I didn't really have teacher training. I just kind of jumped into it. So I was feeling lonely, feeling unconfident. And the the thing that gave me confidence was just diving into my business and realizing that that was the thing that was going to bring me happiness. So I started it almost out of um, desperation or necessity. And then I realized that just doing it, like just putting something out there was the thing that was starting to bring me joy. So I was like, well, what other could I, what other stuff could I just do and like put myself out there with? And, and I just like took those little baby steps, like reaching out to people to collaborate or, um, posting a blog post that might be a little bit more vulnerable than what I normally post. And it was just those like little steps and realizing that each of those steps made me happy and also made me more confident over time. So it wasn't like an overnight thing. It was like these incremental steps over the past few years how did you in the beginning you said you did collaborations with people like how did you initially make those connections because i know in the beginning like you're starting out you don't really have as much to offer like you don't have a big audience yet to share with the to share their stuff with uh your audience like what did you what did you do like how did you get them to say like all right yeah i'll i'll jump on board melissa griffin's train i'll I'll be a part of it like how did you do that yeah right so 
Um, two things like one I didn't really go for people who had huge audiences I was looking for people who are kind of one step ahead of me so that it wasn't like I had nothing to offer them you know what I mean like we were almost on the same playing field but they were a little bit ahead of me so reaching out to people in that space and also just in the beginning reaching out to people for fun stuff rather than like I'm going to do a guest post on your blog and you're going to do a guest post on mine but um like organizing pen pal things with I I did that with um, another teacher who was teaching abroad we did this like thing with our communities where we organized pen pals for people and they could like send each other gifts and and letters and and that was like super simple and kind of random that we did that Um, but but it totally broadened both of our communities and and it was just built out of this need for having fun and and doing things that felt good to us but didn't necessarily bring us like clients or um or other networking things like not necessarily having that in my mind just doing stuff because it was fun and and um and then seeing what happened with right that. so i guess just like having the right intentions uh yeah. You know, that's so important. Yeah. It's so important to have the right intentions. Not just to, you can't be, you can't go out there with desperation. Yeah, like totally. How many people do you meet that yeah. are like, hey, Melissa, can, do you want to do something with me? Like, then they just, you just feel like they're just, their intention is just for themselves. And it's not even to help you at all. Right. They don't really care about you. They just like want your, want what you have. And it's, they're, they're desperate. Yeah. They have no, they think that they have nowhere else to turn. Right, right. Yeah. And it's funny, like with business, I feel like we get into this mindset of thinking that all of our relationships have to be for networking. And it's kind of like when you just build actual relationships with other people in your space that aren't necessarily built on um, needing to get something out of that person, those end up being the people that give you the most in the end anyways. Yeah. Just add value. Right. Yes, exactly. So like you just to go back a little bit, you lived in Tokyo as an English teacher. Like, did you do you speak Japanese? <laughs> I I do. Um, I was a lot better when I lived there, but I do still. I'm like conversational, and I took a class over the summer to kind of brush up on what I had forgotten. Did you speak it before? But yeah, I didn't. I I moved there and I didn't know a word of Japanese. How was that? Did you feel like really isolated, um, just because you didn't speak the language, or maybe? Yeah, I don't know that I I'm super just interested in doing that because I've never I just moved to another country where I didn't speak any the language yeah. at all. So I moved to a place called Akita, which is about eight hours north of Tokyo. Super rural. Um, I lived in the middle of nowhere with like rice fields all around me, and um, and so that made it a little bit harder just in terms of the fact that I was like one of the only white people that they had seen in their life. Um, and I had so many interesting thoughts when I lived there, like especially in terms of communication, because my thought was I'll move there not be able to talk to anybody and kind of just get by and and have fun. But what I learned is how much of our communication is done through things that have nothing to do with language, like the way we move our body or what we can do with our hands, just like little um, pantomiming, I think it's called. Um, and also just like the the feeling you get from people and, and just being able to understand them from almost like just understanding their vibe or their spirit without knowing what they're saying. I thought that was one of the coolest things about living in a country like that. Just 
this kind of like sense of communication that exists in the world and that we have it built into us as humans to be able to communicate with all other humans at this basic level, which was really cool. But yeah, it was it was kind of lonely sometimes. There was like 10 other um, foreign teachers like from the UK and the US who lived in my little city. So we got pretty close, <laughs> did a lot of stuff together. Just like learn. So just learning how to speak with your intuition and body language, I guess. Yes, exactly. Yeah, the, you think that helped you with your business, like how you're doing videos and stuff like that? I would think it would, mm. you know, learning how yeah. to express yourself I physically. Mean, totally. Yeah. And just also being reminded of like this this deeper connection that we all have to each other. I definitely think that's that's a huge part of what I try to bring to my business too. Yeah, that is interesting. Yeah, just putting yourself in someone else's shoes without even being able to yeah. talk to them or speak the words. Because there's, there's so right. many more forms exactly. of communication. Um, yeah. You just use intuition, body I, language. Um, like if someone walks in a room with like a certain look on their face or a certain posture, it tells you a lot. Right. Yeah. It gives you that like deeper sense of empathy, I think, because you can really feel what people are saying, even if they say one thing and like you can tell that they mean something mm -hmm. else. It gives you that sense of like understanding what, what they oh, really yeah. mean deep it down. It lets you look past yeah. the words that they're saying and what they really, really mean. Yeah. Because people totally. will tell you a story, one of my friends... you know, and that may not be what they're trying to say to you. They might just be lying to cover it up. Right. Totally. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And um, what like a fun fact, my friend told me recently that I think it was like 60% of communication is done through um, nonverbal things. So your body language or the way that you like present your face or whatever. I thought that was so interesting. Like it makes a lot of sense, but I think we all assume that communication is just this verbal thing that we are talking to people, but there is so much that goes into uh, who, who we are and how we present ourselves and how we perceive other people. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we always think of like communication as just speaking, but other organisms, they communicate in totally different ways. Like even within our bodies, it, like our cells don't talk to each other with language. They send out signals and yes. um, like energy and stuff like that. And that right, so animals true. communicate with way more body language. They don't talk to each other as far as we know. Right. You know, yeah. Like dogs barking, their barks don't really mean that much. It's more body language, like what they're doing. Like they pick up on that stuff. Yeah. And even like scents and things mm -hmm. like that. Yeah, that is really interesting. Scent. I think animals and nature is like so cool. Oh, yeah. And, <laughs> so many cool lessons. We well, can it's learn. like the biggest lesson we can learn. Like it teaches us everything about ourselves and life. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So with that said, like learning lessons – before this, we talked a little bit about uh, meditation, working out, and you recently got into that, right? So what, what kind of practices yeah. do you do um, and what's your routine like? So I, I, I was like very sedentary for the past couple of years. Um, I just never really thought about exercising. I was like, I don't really need to, whatever. And, um, and it was my business coach kind of that prompted me to start exercising telling me like you can't be at the top of your your business game if you're you don't exercise your your mental capacity is limited in that sense and your physical capacity too so i was like well okay i'm going to start exercising 
And he was like, you have to do it five days a week. <laughs> and I, I thought he was insane. And um, so I started doing it. And now I do yoga most of the time and then spin classes other times. And I also sometimes do hit classes as well, which are um, pain in the booty, <laughs> but <laughs> but I always feel great afterwards. Um, so yeah, doing that five days a week has been amazing just for the past like two or three months now, but I've, I've been consistent with it. Um, and meditation too. I've been working on doing that every day as well as just kind of part of my morning routine. I use an app called 10% Happier, which just kind of like guides you through it. And then um, after I meditate, I also journal. So I try to do three morning pages every day, just kind of whatever spills out. Three for full day. pages in your um, notebook? Yeah, and it's kind of like a small okay. notebook, but <laughs> and I usually actually go over the three pages. I just write until I feel mm -hmm. done. Um, but yeah, that's been awesome too, just for grounding myself every How morning. How long do you meditate for? Typically. I I aim for like ten to fifteen minutes. That, that's, that's all yeah. you really need. A lot of people they say they don't have yeah. time to do it, and like if you don't have ten or fifteen minutes in a day, then you really need to reevaluate your day. <laughs> yeah. Like seriously. if somebody as busy yeah. as Melissa Griffin has 10 to 15 minutes, then you do. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I, I tell myself that too. I'm like, like, like you have 10 minutes. You need to do this right now. If I'm like, oh, I have so much to do today. And, and then I remind myself it's only 10 minutes. Yeah. Sometimes you have like, nothing's easy, right? You're, there's going to be those days where you're going to try to blow up, blow it off or not go to the gym or not work out or maybe not eat so healthy. And right. sometimes people do that and they blow it off and that's okay sometimes, but then they use it as an excuse right. to like stay that way. Right. Or like, yeah, exactly. And an excuse to say like, oh, I'm not the type of person that can meditate because I fell off the yeah. bandwagon or I'm not the type of person who eats healthy. Yeah. It's like these stories we make up about. Right. Ourselves. And I think that's so ridiculous to say, especially those two things. Maybe not everybody is built to be an entrepreneur, but everybody should take care of their body and everybody yeah. has the ability to meditate. We all have a pineal gland. We all sleep at night. The, every religious practice yeah. in the world has had some form of meditation, whether it's prayer or literally meditating or even just like going to the gym and just focusing on like a muscle and clearing your head while you're working out. Right. Like that's meditation too. Yeah. And even like art, getting into that flow state yep. of creating art. Yeah. There's so well, many What stimulates things. those, those theta brain waves? Right. All those things. So you go into Yeah. The, I love that you bring the science into <laughs> this. <laughs> it's awesome. <laughs> well, it's important, right? So you there you go to yeah. these places and you see people that are like really into meditation, they're hippies, and they're kinda they figure out some stuff that works, that makes sense, like meditation, they feel better, helps them progress. But then they start going a little bit on the deep end and then everything esoteric becomes true without real evidence. Like right. one of the things that I thought was really awesome, like, so Jim Quick is in our, our mastermind group and he had yeah. the seminar over the weekend and Dave Asprey spoke and Dave Asprey, one of his things is focusing on mitochondria, how important mitochondria are, um, taking care of them, how damaged mitochondria are causing most of the problems in your body, how they're manipulating mm -hmm. us to eat unhealthy and stuff like that. But what I thought was really interesting was the stuff with light and mitochondria. So light, your mitochondria have the ability to absorb light and they react to light. They create energy because of light. They thrive off of light, but too much causes them damage of certain type wavelengths. 
but they also make light. So when mm-hmm. we hear people say like, I see the light inside you, or religion talks about the light, or these things talk about light, there's like a biological reason, a biological connection for the esoteric stuff about you're literally making light. Yeah. Wow. And if you're unhealthy, you're not cool. going to, it's going to be a little dim. Yeah. Right. That's really I interesting. That's, I didn't yeah. know that about mitochondria. I didn't even that's know cool. that either. I thought that was, <laughs> that was huge about it the whole weekend. That's like the main thing that hit home with me, even though it wasn't even about. That. Yeah. Right. Is it, so is there a way to like, what, what were his suggestions on creating that light for your mitochondria? So that, like right? removing like blue wavelengths of light, like using a, an app on your computer called flux F dot L U X, which takes away the blue light. So, cause your eyes have a lot, like almost your eyes, your brain and your heart have the most mitochondria concentration in your body. So looking at a computer screen or on your phone and we're bombarded with so much light all the time, it, the mm. blue light can cause some damage to your eyes. It's like overstimulation. So it damages the mitochondria right. in your eyes and your, your vision gets a little bit like less. Right. And it also affects your skin. Like you absorb it through your skin as well. That's what the cold, like the lasers and stuff like that. That's what the lasers are doing. They're stimulating your mitochondria that we use in like healthcare. Um, hmm. That's so interesting. I'm going to download that app yeah. too. And I think that's why you feel great when you go outside in the sun. It's the vitamin D, but it's also stimulating your, your batteries. Like these mitochondria are batteries right. in your body and you're like just turning them on when you're going in the sun. Yeah. We're like solar power. We are. Humans. Yeah. That is so interesting. Yeah. I have to research it's, that And one. when you, when you, once you hack that and you, it makes sense to you, everything else becomes a little easier. Once you control your body, like your coach okay. told you to work out because it's so important. Once you can master the vehicle that is holding your consciousness in your mind, that just helps that amplify itself. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, you're just fueling it with more and more energy. Like we don't want our brains to decline over time and get like, cause that's, that's all we have. You know, that's, that's us. That, that gives right. us our ability to, to do this, to talk to each other, to, to help people. Yeah. One thing that um, actually came out of my exercise regimen is I used to drink coffee every morning. It was just this habit. Like, oh, I wake up, I make coffee. That's my routine. <laughs> that's and, still my routine. <laughs> like, not even that's still- <laughs> <laughs> um, more power to you. Um, but I, after I started exercising consistently, I I started feeling like I was making coffee just to make coffee. Like I would make it and then drink like a quarter of it because I just didn't really want it. And then I just one day forgot to make it. And then the next day I was like, oh, I didn't have it yesterday. Let me just not have it again today. And I just kind of unintentionally fell into this habit of not drinking coffee. And now it's been over a month since I've had any kind of caffeine. And it's amazing that I don't even need it. And I feel energetic um, because I'm exercising and getting energy from something else. And it's also kind of nice because there are certain times like later in the evening where I start feeling a little tired and I'm like, oh, this is what my body should be feeling like at this yeah. time rather than just jittery all day long. Yeah, absolutely. But I, I mean, I still love coffee, but I totally agree. Yeah. And you, so it helps you learn like freedom of choice. Like I don't have to drink the coffee yeah. if I don't want to. 
Right. That, and a lot of people need to right. learn that. Like I learned that. I did a five day fast a few weeks ago. Like no wow. food, just no water food. for five days. No way. <laughs> that teaches <laughs> wow. you like so much about how much what you're putting into your face is choice and habit. So wow. your habit was make waking up and making the coffee. So many people have the yeah. habit of, all right, it's X o'clock. I need to eat breakfast. It's this time I need to eat lunch. This time I need to eat dinner. Right. This time I'm going to have to have my snack. And if they don't have it, they freak out. When right. you were like. It's like an expectation. Right. It's an expectation. You set this expectation that you have to have it all the time. And if it doesn't occur, something bad is going to happen. You're they're literally right. addicted to it. Yeah. So when you so first how, start. How did that Oh, go? it was. Actually, it was easier than dieting for a bodybuilding show. Because putting like actually, wow. so eating stuff that you don't want to eat for me is harder than just not eating at all. Okay. Just. Yeah, I can see that. Just, just saying no for me, it's easier than saying, yeah, mm-hmm. but I don't really like it. Cause then you're not satisfied. That's true. Were you like starving the whole time? No. Or did you get this like natural energy? The first day was a little tough, but once I got through that. I just got this like energy where I was seeing patients all day and I was totally fine. Went to yoga. Yeah. I felt a little lightheaded on the last day. I'm not going to lie. Like going from sitting to standing Yeah, and my heart started pounding really hard. I guess I was a little low on sodium, but other Mm. than that, I, I never really felt hungry. Like I think hunger is just that feeling like, Oh yeah, I need to eat. So I should. Right. Like, oh, it's 12 o'clock. Right. Time that for food. growling yeah. and all that, that feeling of feeling like crap, that's not really hunger. What that's is that? That's addiction. It's a sin- So did you feel like that when you stopped mm. drinking coffee at first? That addicted, I need coffee yeah. feeling? Yeah, totally. That's the same feeling that you get when you just stop food. Huh. It's the same feeling people get when they stop. I mean, drugs can be more severe and stuff like that. Because there's like a more physical addiction, yeah. but it's almost the same thing. Yeah, that's yeah. really like last year. Um, well, me and my wife went to Costa Rica and we did our plants plant ceremony ayahuasca. You have to go on a diet, like a diet that's called, and you have to remove things from your diet. And it's super simple diet, but for I love I love the way food tastes. It was kind of it was tough, but right. that also when you start removing things, you get that same feeling even though you're still eating mm. yeah that makes you love eating like it just feels good that food going in your mouth and going in your stomach it does how long can people go without eating do you know um it's a few weeks i don't i don't know the exact, i think it oh, depends wow. on how much fuel like fat you have to burn true and that how vitamin sense. deficient you are how damaged your mitochondria is that's how healthy you are but it also forces mm. you to get rid of all those damaged cells to be more efficient to get rid of can- cells that may turn into cancer and stuff like that and right. i would only recommend it like, like doing it under doctor supervision making sure you are healthy enough to do it but um i mean i'm a doctor i did it myself so yeah you're like i do it <laughs> i have my stamp of approval <laughs> why did you do it was there a reason um i just wanted to like test myself and also get rid of some of those cells that are causing damage. Cause when I was a bodybuilder, like I was eating 
like six to eight times a day. And I stopped that a few years ago. Wow. Um, but I did that for so long. Yeah. Like, I don't know what kind of damage I was doing to myself. Hmm. And you get, like, as wow. far as meditation goes, when you're fasted, you get, like, deep into meditation. Because your body's, like, focused on, not focused on digesting the food. It's focused on just, like, getting into that that deep space that you can get with meditation. Like, so when you meditate, do you do any wow. breath work or anything with it? Uh, like focusing on my breath? Yeah, like breathing. Like I do a, a technique called the Wim Hof technique. He's a, the oh, ice man, okay. right? I've heard of that. Yeah, and it helps you get really yeah. deep. Or a Kundalini yoga I do occasionally. There's the um, breath of fire and stuff like that with yoga that also helps you get deeper. Um, I took a breath class in Costa Rica, which was amazing. And you get, wow. like I saw, I saw stuff in my, yeah, wow. I had almost the same, I almost got to that same place I was able to get with this plant medicine, which was cool. Wow. That's amazing. Yeah. I, I need to up my breath game because I think I just do something very basic, <laughs> but that's really basic cool. Basic is good. Even in my office, when we're treating patients, fixing their breathing, like simple breathing, how they're breathing fixes a lot of their problem physically, like neck pain, shoulder pain, mm-hmm. back pain. It's like a biomechanical issue too. Yeah. From sitting. So if you're wow. an entrepreneur, you sit at your desk all day. Right. Like you have to fix your breathing. Oh yeah. Which is so interesting because we like there's these things that we just take for granted. We're like, oh, I know how to do that, or like you I know how to think breathe. About the I'm fact good. I'm still yeah. alive. <laughs> I'm good. <laughs> yeah. I'm good on eating. I'm still alive. Like exercising, I don't need to do that. I'm still alive. But yeah, it's so interesting how those like things that we take for granted we could just make some shifts yeah and and be these new people like i didn't break yet so i'm not going to change anything like how when does that ever work yeah like when did i know right <laughs> like if you felt like that like oh broken. i i have to wait until i'm broken to start my business or to to change my life like if you waited did you feel like you yeah. would ever have done it yeah i mean I, sometimes I do. I mean, not to disagree. I completely agree. It's with fine. That. You can disagree. <laughs> That's what this conversation is for. <laughs> yeah. Um, sometimes I do feel like this place of rock bottom does propel people to a better place. Like sometimes we need to hit that rock bottom to actually get to the place that we want to go. But it, but then it also reminds us that, oh, I had the power to get to this place the whole time. Mm-hmm. Like I didn't need to hit rock bottom in order to propel myself here. I could have done it way sooner um but yeah i think that that both ways like having that power to say i'm gonna do this even if it doesn't work or my life completely sucks right now (laughs) i'm at rock bottom so i need to make a change so Um, with that said yeah i I like to call rock bottom like your superhero moment it's like the the moment that you turn the page right to become who you are like every superhero has their like problem right their adversity their their thing that they're dealing with and then somehow they break free. There's like a moment where they realize they have this power inside them and then they become who they are. Like what, what was your lowest moment and like what caused you to break through? Like what was your adversity? Yeah. Um, gosh, <laughs> I would say, <laughs> I mean, what was the worst? Yeah. Moment it doesn't have life? to be one moment. Um, <laughs> you know, I think, I feel like there's little, yeah. sometimes little moments that add up over time to become big ones. Like, for me personally, I never had like that big moment. It was just little things, right. little things over time. Yeah. I would say that one 
was kind of around when I first started my business. I had just moved back to California. I started my business like two months prior, was making like $2,500 a month, hoping that I would earn more so that I could pay my rent and survive. Because you live in California. um, And also... (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Which is very expensive. Um, and, and $2,500 doesn't get you very far here. And, um, and I was also like in high school and part of when I lived in Japan and then kind of at this period when I started my business, I had like clinical depression and just wasn't feeling happy and wasn't feeling up to doing things. Like I, I had clients, I was a graphic designer for a couple of years and I would just wake up and think like, I don't, I don't want to do anything. Like I can't even imagine going to my computer right now and working on their designs. It just is not going to happen. And and I started telling these stories to myself about myself. Like I'm not the kind of person who owns a graphic design studio. I'm not the kind of person who makes X amount of dollars. And um and really during that unconfident period of just thinking like I can't do this. It's not going to work. And and I have this like depression that's holding me back. And I think my moment um, coming out of that was at the time I was very isolated. Like I didn't really reach out to that many people. Um, I didn't really have any friends in the space. And I I just kind of isolated myself and let myself like like feel sad for myself. Right. Um, but then I, I decided to start putting myself out there more. And, and that was really when I started to reach out to people to collaborate with. And I started going to conferences. I started a meetup group. That was actually probably one of my bigger turning points. I started a meetup group for, for, for bloggers who wanted to volunteer. And, um, the first meeting, like four people came and one of them now is one of my best friends. Um, what that was like three years ago. And, um, and, and we did this, like we did charity drives and we hosted this brunch for people and all of the money we raised went to charity. And, um, and that was a turning point for me because I, I started to realize that I wasn't like living in this isolated place. It was really up to me to be able to change that for myself. No one was going to do it for me. And also just finding like creating groups of my own. Like if I couldn't find other people to um, to get to know, then I would just create a meetup group and, and get to know them through my own group. Um, so that sense of community of bringing people together and and getting to know other people in my space was a huge turning point for me. And when I started my business, I don't think I really knew um, knew that much about myself and my personal core mission in life. I was just kind of like, this sounds fun, I'll do that. But But that experience and seeing what I've done throughout my business has shown me that my my goal with my business and just everything that I do in my life is to create community where people feel seen and heard and understood and loved. So I, um, just realizing that was a big turning point for me too, which all kind of stemmed from this little blogger volunteer group that I started at one of my lower points in life. How did you start it? Did you start online or like, did you use an app or a place? I don't know. I've never done that. 
Yeah, it was called meetup.com. It's still around. They have tons of meetup groups on there all over the world. I actually started one when I lived in Japan, too, for people who owned a dog. (laughs) Um, And they're great. Like if you move to a new place or you just want to get to know other like minded people in your area, you can start a meetup group and people will find it. I forget how they find it. Probably just searching on the website Mm -hmm. and um, they can come to your meetup. And now you've got this little circle of people who have similar interests and you can do fun stuff together. It's really cool. I like cool. that. That that's definitely helpful. Yeah. I think I might might do that cuz like I feel like where I live in the northeast there's not a lot of events that are going on like there are in LA and there's a lot of YouTubers and entrepreneurs mm-hmm. out in LA and it, it's it seems like a little easier to network for me mm-hmm. just what I've noticed. Could be. Yeah. Um there's a lot of fitness yeah. professionals and the weather is great so you can be outside most of the time except for this past yeah. weekend when I went, it was 45 degrees. I don't even know how Ugh, that happened. but I know. <laughs> Me neither. But um, yeah, I think that that would help be helpful for a lot of people too because not everywhere is like LA. If you live in the middle of America or in another country and you feel isolated and alone, right. that there's nobody else out there like you or on your mission or who can help you, maybe starting a group that's just free to, right. to network with, right. to help. You and, and them yeah. too. You have right. To bring and to, to make it about like, yeah. And making it about like having fun and building relationships versus just this idea of networking. And, and I feel like you would be surprised with where those relationships might take you or what you'll get out of them. Like I said, one of those people now is one of my best friends, um, which obviously I wasn't even expecting <laughs> when I started that group. But, um, yeah, it's so cool the things that happen when we release those expectations of certain things in our life. Awesome. So, like, what you've done some awesome stuff, right? You've broken through some adversity, became very successful in your space. What's your like? What's your superpower? If you had to think of one, we all have a lot, a few, yeah. but what? What's yours? I feel, and I feel like I've realized this more so in the past year, but my superpower I think is empathy. Like I feel this, this superpower inside of me to be able to connect deeply with people, people in my audience who I've never met people who I'm trying to network with or something. And just like random people that I meet when I'm walking around outside, I, I, my goal and my mission is to make people, like I said, feel seen and loved. And I try to bring that into everything I do. And, um, and I think that's a big part of how I was able to grow my business pretty quickly is just caring about people in the most pure sense of the word and, and trying to make everyone in my community feel like they matter. And they're not just like a subscriber (laughs) or a customer, but like a real person that I, I care about so deeply. Um, so I think that, that that's huge, just empathy, which also comes with it, like vulnerability, being willing to talk about things that maybe you're a little uncomfortable with. Um, and, and just being like a, a, a person that's cheering for, for all those people in your audience. Yeah. Just feeling what they feel, right? Like yeah. putting yourself into their yeah. shoes and just realizing that we're all the same, like being them. Exactly. Yeah. And 
Um, and setting up those opportunities for community. Like I have a, a Facebook group where people are very active. We're working on a membership site right now to build that community as well. I do meetups every time I go to a new city, like just trying to think of little ways to build that community with my audience so that they feel this deeper connection to what we're doing. Yeah, well, I mean, not to underplay, your Facebook group is pretty big and you do help a lot of people. So um, little audience, <laughs> I don't know about that, but you're definitely you're doing the right thing. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you. <laughs> definitely doing the right thing. I, I feel like whenever you do the right thing and that's you just try to add value, you're, you're just literally trying to help yourself when you put yourself in another person's shoes. It just becomes easy. You mm-hmm. just do the right thing and don't worry about the money aspect so much. Like it's there, it's a measurement tool. Um, but at the end of the day, if you that's all you're focusing on, you're just gonna, no one's gonna trust you eventually. You, make, you might win short term, but long term, it's not gonna happen. Right. And you're not gonna feel happy. Like that was the thing that I realized in this past year too is you can make a bunch of money, but it's not gonna like help with any other problems you have besides monetary issues. Like it's not gonna give you necessarily this abundance of confidence or like fix these other problems in your life. So that's why I'm really shifting my focus away from money and, and putting it more into how much deeper can I go into this community because that will bring more money and it will bring more purpose and joy for myself mm-hmm. too. And that's what it's all about. Like you can be satisfied and fulfilled with not as much money as you think. Right? And yeah. that they, they've proven that the happiest people in the world don't have the most money. They usually have the yeah, least stuff. Sure. They usually have the least and they're totally fine with what they have. They just are. They, yeah. just, they just be, right? They're just happy. Yeah. It's more of a mindset than, than what you have or completely a mindset, so mindset. right? Yeah. Every, like you can literally control your, your future with your thoughts. If yeah. you think that you're not good enough or you can't do it or someone else deserves it, then they're going to deserve it. You're not going to be good enough. Right. It's so and true. you don't have to be the smartest person in the room to be successful. Like you are very smart. How many people do you know that are geniuses, but they just can't make it for some reason? Yeah. And I like that you asked, what's your superpower? Because I think everybody listening has their own superpower. Mine, I feel, is empathy. Yours is probably something different and everyone else's is something totally different. It doesn't have to just be like, I'm the hardest worker or I'm super smart. It's like, there's something deeper inside all of us that 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 is our purpose and that is our our superpower yeah i I agree like there's you can think like something is a superpower like for example i could say i'm the being a chiropractor is my superpower but you have to really ask why is that your superpower like the reason behind the reason Right. Like it's not a thing. No. And that allows you to do more stuff. Like why were you a teach? Why did you want to become a teacher in Japan? Because you liked helping people. Uh, Right. Right. Exactly. That's the same why of what you're doing right now. It's the exact same thing. You're just a bigger scale. Different different audience, but it, it fulfills the same need. Right. Yeah, which is it, like, I feel like there's a lot of people who want to start a business and they're like, I have no idea what kind of business to start. But then 
I, I feel like if you just look back throughout your life, you'll see those moments that really define who you are and what, what you value and thinking about how can you bring that superpower of yours into whatever kind of business you want to create, like using that as the foundation rather than um, becoming a chiropractor or becoming a teacher, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. And you have yeah. to also be self-aware enough to, to ask yourself, why do you want to start a business? Like, do you just want to do it because mm-hmm. you want to make more money because you see other people doing it and it looks cool? Or is that really you? Because we all need people to work with us and help us build our teams too. Not everybody can be True. the alpha, the lead wolf. Right. You know? Yeah. <laughs> you need the other people to support. Right. That help that help yeah, you and like share. Finding your role fits. Exactly. Yeah, absolutely. That is so important. And it's something that we run into today where people think being an entrepreneur is so cool. Like I've had kids as patients and I ask them like, so what do you want to go to school for? What do you, they're like, I just want to be an entrepreneur. I never thought that when I was a kid. (laughs) Me neither. I didn't didn't even know what an entrepreneur. No, I didn't even know what that was. (laughs) That was like an investor or something. Yeah. It was a businessman. I don't know. You just, you just owned businesses, I guess. Yeah. (laughs) Or one time I met this guy yeah. at the gym. He was really weird. And he... Uh, Great preface. He was really weird. He was hanging out at the juice bar that my friend owned. And he asked me what I did. And I was just... I was in school. He's like, I'm going to school to be a millionaire. Like, what do you mean? What is that? This is before... The, oh, you go to the millionaire yes, school. Yes, the millionaire school. He's cool. learning how to be a millionaire. <laughs> I guess that used to be the term for entrepreneur was a millionaire. Or business millionaire, like oh, businessman, really? <laughs> I guess. Because a million dollars used to be a lot of money. I mean, I'm not that old, but this was like ten years ago, before you you go on before Instagram existed, before Facebook existed, and you go on there and there's people telling you to become an entrepreneur, showing their their all their cool cool shit, their car, their house, and yeah. like you could be like me. And that is yeah. not the answer. Like all the people I know who are really like super successful. They don't live like that. They have the ability to live like that, but they're at a place where they don't need to show it off. Because you have that confidence. Right. So. Yeah, it's so true. Yeah, it's, it's all about just like staying true to you, who you were before you became an entrepreneur and maybe made money and not like compromising your values just because now you have this new identity Mm -hmm. so with the same vein as what's your superpower who's your favorite superhero and it doesn't have to be just like a marvel superhero or like a typical superhero it could be a person it could be anyone in a movie anyone in any story anyone that has like a a Mm. power about them that's changed a hero basically yeah Ooh. um I'm like very inclined to say somebody in Harry Potter. I almost want to actually say <laughs> um, J.K. Rowling herself. Mm-hmm. I feel like she, like, I just love her imagination. And I love the the lessons that she infused into something so whimsical. Mm-hmm. And I also just love, like, who she is as a person. I, I read that she was a billionaire, but now she's not because she gave away, like, half of her fortune to... Um, charity which i think is amazing and she's often 
somebody who speaks up for injustices around the world. Like she doesn't use her platform to stay quiet. She uses it to um, to show her her audience and her followers like what she believes in and what she thinks is important. And I, I think that's really important. I know that that's kind of controversial among business owners, but I feel like if you're growing a platform and you're growing a business, like why not use it to, to share more of the values um, and to stand up for things that are really important to you. And, and it might drive some people away. And maybe those people are not your ideal community members, but it's going to end up attracting even more of those people who love and resonate with your message. Yeah, those so, are the people you don't want. Rolling is pretty awesome. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And those people who you do want are going to love you even more for, for saying something that they wanted to say themselves. Yeah. That's, that's a huge lesson. That's how like yeah. people like Tim Ferriss, that's how he built his audience. He focused on the people who mattered his core like raving fans and not trying to please the masses because you can't you have to be you you have to have your own community your own people that listen to you and resonate with what you're saying and your message exactly and he still has a huge audience yeah he has a gigantic he definitely hasn't heard him (laughs) yeah and if if you think about everybody even you right this you you have this target audience these people who resonate with you that are more like you than not right. and if you tried to please everybody you wouldn't be where you're at you just can't right like dr oz like dr oz yeah. for example he kind of seems like he pleases everybody like he's a mass appeal but he doesn't really like a lot of people attack him and they don't like him and they think he has like pseudoscience but he's helping his audience and that's who matter that's what matters to him yeah exactly I think that's an important lesson too for anyone who's feeling that unconfident place right now, which often comes from this feeling of having to please everyone or create a business that everyone will like. And I realized that like not everyone is going to like me and not everyone's going to like what I put out there. And that's 100% okay. It doesn't mean that they're bad people or that I'm doing something wrong. It just means that like we all have our own differences of opinion and the things that we do and we don't like, which is um, amazing, obviously. <laughs> amazing that we can do that. But yeah, yeah. Yeah. You just have to perception, just not whatever you like I said before, like what you think about is gonna create your future. Your thoughts create your future. So if you're thinking about not having the people around you that you need or trying to please everybody and not focusing on the people that really should matter to you it's going to show you're going to create this reality. That's not you. And if you try to be someone that's not you, you might be successful for a little bit of time. Like you just copy somebody else, but eventually, like I call it the three year role in dating. Like after someone dates for three years, you can't fake Mm -hmm. it anymore. They become really who they are. (laughs) Three years. That's a long time for faking it. (laughs) Well, you have to put into like, you can speed up that process by seeing someone every day, moving in with them right away. But if you're just like dating yeah. like once a week, once to every other day, like you're not seeing them that often, like a maximum yeah. of three years, I think it takes. Yeah. And then you see, you see who they really are. But if you are right. who you are from the beginning, you just don't care. You just are who you are. You're so respectful and it doesn't mean you have to be an asshole, but you just yeah. be yourself then you don't have to worry about that. Yeah. You don't have anxiety. Like so many people have anxiety and anxiety is just 
fear that you're creating yourself, like fear that people are going to find you out. Like figure out that you aren't who you are, the whole, who you were saying you were. Right. Yeah. And it's so much more fun when we do business from a place of, um, realness because I realized like I, when I started my business, I, I felt like I had to emulate everyone else to be part of this online circle and it was really tiring and it, it made me feel like I didn't know my identity. Like I would ask myself, what would Melissa do in this situation? And I couldn't answer it because I just didn't know anymore. And, and that was definitely like, uh, not a great place. Right. Mm -hmm. But starting to do business more from this place of who I am and not worrying about other people or if I was resonating with everyone on the planet, um, that made it so much more fun and so much easier too to be able to grow a business that I loved. Is there like one moment where you realize like, I just have to be myself. And then mm. that was it. Or maybe yeah. a few moments. I, like you can maybe sometimes think back yeah. to like one time. Yeah. Well, one that comes to mind was when I did my first webinar um, towards the end of 2015. And uh, I was so nervous. I actually threw up before I did the oh. webinar. And um, <laughs> um, fun fact. And and. And I was really nervous, but I was like, you know what? I'm just going to be my quirky, weird self. I'm just going to say whatever. And and I had my presentation and, and whatnot, but I just like let my myself be me. And, and I like said weird slang things and was just kind of like making stupid jokes throughout the webinar, which is kind of like my personality. And and people loved it. And uh, it was my first time like doing a live video and... And I was so surprised that people were so into it and not just into the content, but into my personality in general, which, which, um, like propelled me to do what I'm doing now with courses. And I do webinars frequently also, uh, and, and also just feeling like a more confident person knowing that I can be 100% me and people will still like it. Yeah. So that was, yeah. Just afraid of people not liking you. Like who cares? They'll, they'll, they'll <laughs> they don't like people who aren't being themselves. Uh, I guess that's one thing you have to realize if you really notice, like anyone that you don't like, or you feel uncomfortable with, or you just get a bad feeling about, it's probably because you feel like they're not being themselves. They don't align with what you think that they should be doing. So, right. Yeah. So with that said, I think this is a good place to end for today. Um, cool. It's, it's, it's so yeah, where fun. can people find you? Um, how can they join your membership site? Which will be, it should be up and running by the time that this is this is up and running. Uh, and I highly Woo-hoo. recommend. I mean, I've gone through your your Pinterest course, and it's amazing. Oh, rad! Just yeah, just Thank the you. advice that you have and your insight on this stuff is mind blowing. And it, it, that's important if you want to be the best person that you can be like superheroes have to fund all their their cool stuff like batman bruce wayne wouldn't be batman if he wasn't didn't have money so you have to learn how to make money yeah and you yeah. definitely know how to do yes. that well thank you um yeah i would love to connect with anyone who's listening my website is just my name melissa griffin.com and my first name has a funky spelling it's m-e-l-y-s-s-a and um, and there you can find out more about my courses. I share things like income reports, um, and I also do blog 
posts and actually working on launching a podcast too. So all that stuff is on my website. And then um, we are launching a membership site that's going to go live end of around the end of March. And it's called Pursuit HQ. And it's basically just for people who want to pursue their best self, their best life, and their best business. So it'll have weekly um, videos and um, blueprints, eBooks, different things that they can download, coaching calls, an awesome community forum. And that can be found at mypursuithq.com. Love it. Well, thank you, Melissa, for being on the show. I so appreciate you yeah, doing this. Yeah, thank you. Of course, this is super fun. We got to talk about a lot of really cool things. Thanks for oh, having thank me. Thank you. And uh, we'll uh, talk soon. Thank you guys so much for listening to today's show. I really appreciate each and every one of you. Please do me a huge favor. And if you like today's episode and you want more people to hear about it or you want to hear something specific, go to iTunes and leave us a rating and review. Or you can also connect with us on Facebook. And if you message us, I'll answer you. I'll answer any questions you want. Um, Thank you so much, guys, and I look forward to growing and expanding my universe with you.